What's up, you guys? It's your boy, Doobie Rock, from the block. You know how we go. This is a special episode of Real Talk. Today, I got my, we're going to call her my special guest host for today. Uh, my good friend, slash little sister, slash if you fuck with her, I'm going to beat your ass. My good friend, Maddie. Maddie, tell him what's up, yo. Yo, what's up, y'all? All right, so <laughs> before we even started the podcast, me and this nigga spent like 15 minutes just rolling around laughing because this nigga is that fucking funny. But um, today we are going to talk about some shit that isn't funny. Um, because I have uh, a female as a co-host today, I'm going to take advantage of that opportunity and I'm going to ask some questions that I as a man want to hear the answers to and that I think more men should hear the answers to because I'm not going to lie, there is a, a, a huge amount of ignorance amongst men, especially men of my generation. I'm talking 21 and younger. Like There is a huge lack of respect and a huge amount of disregard for women coming from my generation. So... Started off, like I said, we got Maddie with me. Maddie, as a woman, if if you were trying to explain to a man, because Lord knows, I, I know probably every woman has tried to do this, but if you were trying to explain to a man the issues that face your gender, right? Mm-hmm. What, what would you lead with? What would be like the top points that you point out first? So, like, I'm going to do, like, a one, two, three. Go ahead. Um, Go ahead. So, like, the biggest problem that I feel like women in my gen- like gender, or, gen- like, you know what I'm saying? Like, my general population of people. Right. Um, is probably, like, sexual assault awareness. Mm. Mm. But it also goes both ways because men are also sexual assault- sexually assaulted. But, no doubt. Um, the second one would probably, I would think, like, I'm not really sure, like, with careers, um, like... Fairness, like, equal yeah. opportunity within the So, employment. like, with the union, right. women aren't usually accepted, whereas, right. like, males usually are. Predominantly Always. white males. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, probably the third. Just, like, in general, like, fucking society. Like... Right. Seeing who you are and how you fit in is really hard when everyone else is fucking against you. Like, when right. everyone's against you. Like, right. There's nobody there for you in that point, especially right. if you don't have the best parents. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nobody. Mm-hmm. All right, so it's funny that you said those three things because I think those three things, um, when I was thinking about it at work today after you said you want to come on the podcast, when I was thinking about what I was going to ask you, I had questions in all three of those categories. Mm-hmm. So I know this is going to be deep, y'all. If, if at any point this makes you feel triggered, Please feel free to tune me off. I would totally understand. I don't want anyone to be triggered for the sake of my streams. I am going to ask questions about sexual assault. So if you feel like you can be triggered by that, or if you feel like this is just too deep for you, go ahead and tune off. I'll understand. Thank you for listening anyway this long. Now, moving on, I'm going to ask you. Speaking to the women who may be listening, what advice would you give them? As an individual, as yourself, right? What advice would you give them to um, to help? Because, see, it's hard to ask this question because I want to say to protect them from being sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. But the honest truth is, is that a woman can go to every length 
and still be sexually right. assaulted. I mean, some of these guys are just monsters with the way they devise these plans of hurting women. So I, I don't want to sound... Uh, I guess, what would you say? What, what tips would you give to women to improve their safety? That's the best way I can ask uh, So, um, <laughs> I grew up in the hood. <clears throat> so, like, I always got something on me. Like a knife, a taser, pepper spray. That's just for general safety, not just from men, but also other people, like other women as well. Right. Like, you right. never know. Um, you don't... I, I feel like women shouldn't have to do that, though. That's like... We I mean, shouldn't have to have this conversation. Right. But we do. So we do. I mm-hmm. would say keep some sort of protection, keep your location on, all mm-hmm. of those things. No doubt. When I have a daughter, I'm going to teach her ass how to shoot. I'm going to teach her ass mm-hmm. how to fight. So beware future men. My daughter, she's not fun to play. She's <laughs> not. not. The one. She's not the one. She's not the one. She's going to be like Rambo by the time she's seven. I promise you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. My bad for interrupting you. Um, honestly like to go on with what I was saying like women shouldn't have to do that just be your fucking self bro like this life I don't know if anyone here listening like believes in that but this life probably ain't your last mm. so like do mm. everything you can to make yourself happy even if these things happen to you cause that's what I'm working on right now mm. so basically like what you're saying is like if it happens do you rise above it of course of course Definitely. You can't let it eat at you. And you can't mm-hmm. feel bad if it does. Mm-hmm. It takes time. Mm. It does. Mm. Now, see, that brings me into my next question. Because, and I guess it's not even a question. I guess that brings me into my next comment. Mm-hmm. I have noticed that among rape victims, there is a high amount of blame and responsibility that they put on themselves. Yeah. And... Yeah, and you know, it seems to me, and tell me what you think about this, mm-hmm. it seems to me that that responsibility and that blame that they put on themselves is something that is subconsciously influenced by the men's way of thinking. Because you know when a woman gets raped, at least one man is bound to say, oh, well, what was she wearing? Right. Was she drinking? Right, yeah. What did she do? You know three. what I'm saying? Right. I was three years old. Right. So it's like, so it's like, I feel like it is that type of thinking from men and from society that makes women take that blame on because then they start asking themselves that question. Like, what did I do? Right. So, so how do you feel about that? So in my like own experience, um, I never told anyone because I felt like nobody was going to believe me. Because in early life, it was all my family members. Mm. Not all of my family members, per se. But right. they, the, it was only family members doing those things. Right. And right. eventually, once it was other people that I would meet, I just... Nobody would believe me. Because maybe I was drunk or don't remember it right. Or my mental illness, I feel like I don't remember things right anyways. Like, right. I feel like I'm making this shit up. Right. I feel like I'm the crazy one. Like... <laughs> right. And that just stems from all of that. Mm-hmm. Believing it was my fault. Right. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. So, for women out there who are struggling with that mindset of believing that there is something that they did that brought that situation on them, what do you have to say to those women? Um, it doesn't define who you are, even though you think 
about that shit all the time. Mm. You feel like it's this big part of your life. Even if it is, it's a big part of who you are and how you became who you are. Mm. But you can't let it control the way you live Mm. at all. Right. Like, Mm. getting through these things, therapy, I've been through years of therapy, that's why I'm so open about talking about all this stuff. But um, therapy really works. Even if you're scared and think therapy's oh, I gotta tell people my problems, like, I don't like that. It really does help. You don't even gotta talk about your problems. You can just talk about your day. Mm-hmm. Like, my therapists were always really cool. Mm-hmm. You just gotta find the right one. <laughs> that is important, man. You know, coming off uh, this topic real quick, but we will come back to mm-hmm. it. That, that just brought up something in my mind. Because along with women suffering from that, I believe that is a serious problem in the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, a lack of knowledge and a lack of understanding for what mental health is. When my grandparents were coming up, and I'm, I'm speaking, I mean, this does apply to the United States of America as a nation. Right. But in the black community specifically, there was a huge stigma around mental illness. But along with that, there was also a huge amount of people who didn't understand what that meant, what the different types were. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there were people who were bipolar and schizophrenic and had multiple personality disorder and bulimia and anorexia and all of these things. And they were labeled as crazy and they were told to suck it up. And then those people had kids. And that was my mom's generation. Mm-hmm. And that stigma continued well through my mom's generation. My mom suffers with her own problems. And, you know, she didn't, she, like, they didn't diagnose her with these problems early on. Mm-hmm. She had to get to a certain point in life for people to realize that she had a problem. And at the time that she was diagnosed, it was just when all the, like, real information was starting to come out about mental illnesses you know what I'm saying and studies started coming out and we started to see the truth around it but even in today in the black community there is a huge a huge stigma around mental illness and it stems from the fact that we as black people are raised especially black men are raised with this idea that we can't be soft that we can't be weak so for instance, crying is associated with being weak mm-hmm. in the black community. That's why I don't like to cry. Right. And black men are taught, you can't cry. Suck it mm-hmm. up. Literally, when your mom beats your ass in, in the black community, one classic line that will always follow is, stop crying before I come in there and give you something to cry about. <laughs> Woman, you just beat my ass. I know that too well, and I'm white. <laughs> what do you mean? You already gave me something to cry right. about. You gonna beat my ass for crying because you beat my ass? Like, and I can't. And men take that on, and I think a lot of black parents don't understand that children notice everything and they right. pick up on everything, and who they will become develops from childhood. So they take that on in childhood, and they take on that responsibility of feeling like they can't show their emotions. And then they don't learn how to they don't learn how to deal with shit. And what I've noticed, and a lot of hood niggas is not gonna agree with me because they don't want to admit this, but what I've noticed is is that I believe about 90, 95% of the source of gang violence in the black community comes from the fact that black men don't know how to cry. Mm-hmm. 
I've personally lost friends to gang violence. And I went through this struggle because I didn't know how to process it. I didn't know how to deal with it correctly. And there are some men who are going to pick up a gun and they're going to load that bitch up and they're going to go get revenge because exerting violence is the only way that they know how to deal with it. And they believe inside that's going to get even. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell y'all this black men who are struggling with these things, who are thinking about getting revenge. It never works that way. The honest truth is you might go get revenge and you might go get them points back. But somebody else on that side now has a point to get back from you. And it just goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth till there's nothing left. And if you don't believe me, go look outside because the gang violence you have today is a consequence of the gang violence from 10 years ago and the gang violence from 20 years ago. It is it is continual. It is a cycle that will not stop until we willingly take ourselves out of it. And a lot of black men, like, they don't know how to cry. So then gang violence happens or drug addiction happens. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? in the Native community as well. Exactly. Because, and see, it's not even just with black people. Every minority has to be tough in this country. Mm-hmm. Whether you're Asian, whether you're Hispanic or Latino or Latinx or Native American or, or black, whatever you are, if you are a minority... You have to be tough and you have to be strong or else you're not going to survive. Right. And that is that is sadly an honest fact. And peop- my people, the most Native men commit suicide or mm-hmm. become drunks or meth addicts. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the above addicts, like anything that people on the res can find up there, it's what they're doing. They're making it. Yeah. Yeah. And it just goes for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And it's a cycle. And so this is where white people, you might get mad at what I'm getting ready to say. But I'm going to tell you right now, Doobie Rock just don't give a fuck. I'm going to keep it real. Real talk time. Um, I believe that the problems we are facing with in minority communities are problems that certain white people especially those in government want us to deal with they everything that white America did to the Native Americans did to the blacks did to the Hispanics did to the Asians it was all strategic none of it was accident none of it was oh let's try this because you know we don't know how how horrendous it's going to turn out they knew what it would do to the people that they were doing it to. And they knew the effect that would come from the generations that followed the people that they did these horrendous things to. And in my heart, I believe that there was a group of white people who wanted it to happen because let's be honest here for a second. Yes, minorities are minorities only when they're individual groups. Blacks are a minority when it's just blacks. Same for Hispanics, same for Asians, same for every minority. But we're not a minority when we're together. Mm -hmm. For instance, in school, we were taught slaves went north for freedom, right? right? Because they wanted us to believe that there were people in the north or there were people in this country who didn't believe in slavery. Let me share with you an honest fact. Most slaves went south to Mexico because Mexico refused to return escaped slaves 
or the slaves went to the west to the western United States because it was not a part of, of America yet yeah. they were ran by individual Native American tribes mm-hmm. and the Native Americans also refused to return escaped slaves but they don't want black people to know that because they don't want black people to view Hispanics or Native Americans as friends or as allies right. because right. as soon as we do that we're not minorities anymore yeah. we're a group if so, all the minority parties took over and got mm-hmm. together whites are the minority yeah speak on so, that so I'm Partly Native American. Right. My father is about half to 75 in the range. Because you never really know. Because, like, <laughs> I'm French and Native American. The right. French mingled with the natives right. up there. And then right. they came over here. Right. So <laughs> there's no talent. Yeah. But um, he's... I'm not going to lie. He's he's racist as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have to, like, literally tell him to shut the hell up. Like, when he says shit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not okay. Right. Like, that... No. Like, right. no. What the hell? No. Right. right. <laughs> and um, it's just really prominent in the Native community, but not like Black or Asian people. Mm-hmm. It's weird as hell. Mm-hmm. Like, what? For what? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Because it, like we even hate our own people. Like us Native people are just so tired and exhausted of being fucking oppressed that we right. really don't care about anything anymore. Right. And because what's sad is like it was never always like that. We were like, fighting at one point. Right. And the Black community. There was a time, and I don't give a fuck what you rep. I don't give a fuck what gang, you know, what gang you represent, where, what neighborhood you from. If you are GD, if you are BD, if you are Blood, if you are Crip, if you are Vice Lord, if you are, if you're Moe's, if you're whatever, all of those gangs started as groups that were intended to protect the black community. In the 60s, when they started, they were basically like younger versions of the Panthers. Now, yes, there was some fighting, but there was no shooting. Everything was fists back then. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You fought it out. You dealt with it. It was over. over Nobody yeah. had to worry about losing their fucking life. Mm-hmm. So it was about protecting the youth of the black community. When the gang started, it was about keeping drug dealers out. All you niggas that are out there selling right now to your own people, remember that. The same group that you are a part of started to keep drug dealers out. But that was in the 60s. That changed. You know what I'm saying? It's not like that no more. You go outside in the hood now, niggas don't even know how to shoot no more. They don't. (laughs) They miss me? They don't. They miss me? They be missing... They are, oh yeah, bro, I'm finna go get the ops. I'm finna go get these niggas, whoop de whoop de whoop And then miss the ops and hit a kid. And that's it don't not, make no fucking... Funny. No, no, it's not funny. But like, they do be missing the ops and that's funny as fuck. That's, but then they hit innocence. You know what I'm saying? They're not trained to shoot no more. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, G Herbo said it best in his song, Red Snow. Like, these little niggas is not trained to shoot. Like, period. At all. Mm-hmm. They just get the guns for the first time and just and just go out blasting. Ain't nobody taking them out to the woods no more to shoot bottles first. Right. To teach them how to deal with the recoil. The first gun I shot was like a rifle of some sort. I don't, I don't know. Right. Niggas took know. me out to the woods. Made me shoot like... We were in Hinkley. We trained for probably like three, four days with that bitch before they even took me outside with it. Like, I don't... It's just different. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And... I believe that none of that happened by coincidence. Mm-mm. Like, like okay, for instance, with the black community, where I believe we fell apart was was the crack era. Crack cocaine destroyed us 
and less than a quarter of, of the time slavery did. Mm-hmm. And crack had a permanent effect on the black community. I was watching documentaries about it on Netflix as well. Right. Right. That, and it's crazy. Right. And what's <laughs> fucked up is They're there was proof. It. Right. There was proof that the CIA brought that shit right. in and that they knew the effects it would have. Mm-hmm. They but put they, it in the red line areas. Right. But they wanted that money for the for the Nicaraguans to fight the communists or whatever the fuck it was. And that right there, that's strategic. What they did to the Native Americans with you can't tell me that they was like, okay, we're going to take this land from them and give them this land. And they didn't think at all that, yeah, we're going to come take that land eventually, too. Right. It was strategic. They knew that they would be pushing them back uh-huh. and killing more through every phase of pushing them back until eventually they were a minority. I shouldn't be this white. I right. shouldn't be this white. Right. Like, there was millions of Native women raped and fucking sliced all up. Like, they're still getting raped and killed. Like, people are missing from my reservations. Right. Like, thousands right. of people. Right. Women and children. Right. And you aren't going to tell me that that when slavery ended, right, all of these slave masters didn't think, what the fuck are we going to do with all of these fucking niggas? No, for real. You know damn well. You know damn well when them Union soldiers came through and said, hey, you got to let these niggas free. Let my people go. When them niggas came through, you know damn well them slave masters was looking like, we got a whole lot of niggas we got to deal with. (laughs) These motherfuckers over here got like eight motherfucking kids. All these muscular men. And oh, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You said we got to free them all the way? All the way? Like, okay, like, define freedom, though. No, like, for real. Do they like, get the handcuffs off? Can 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 they have sex with my daughter? Like, <laughs> define freedom, though. They because, can fight back? Right. Like, I firmly believe that the slave master... Okay, white people went to Africa for slaves because they believed that Africans were genetically superior. That's why they wanted them to be in their labor force, mm-hmm. because they believed we were more muscular, more quick, and that we could endure more work. Right. All right? So, I know for a fact, in the back of their minds, because I know how white people are, in the back of their minds, those white slave masters were afraid of these Negroes. Because, yes, they brought them over here because they knew that they were genetically superior, but at the same time, they know these niggas are genetically superior. Mm -hmm. Like, they're going to be like, hmm, what the fuck happens if these niggas get mad? And, like, they all get together and, like, we don't want to do this no more. And then especially after Nat Turner, and they saw what can happen when just 12 to 15 niggas come together. You know what I'm saying? When 12 to 15 niggas came together, the whole slave master family died. Everybody up in that bitch slaughtered. It only took 12 to 15 niggas. So imagine what a whole plantation, 40, 50 motherfucking niggas can do. Right? So when slaves went free, you know the white people were like, okay, we got to do something to bring these numbers down. Because we got about 6 million motherfucking black people over here. And there ain't about nothing but about 2 million of us. So this ratio ain't right. All right, what are we gonna do? Okay, and then somebody was like, "I got it, I got it. Let me see here." Um, when we write the Emancipation Proclamation, I wish y'all could see him right now. When <laughs> when we write the Emancipation Proclamation, <laughs> let's put it in there that um, basically slavery is illegal unless it's used as a form of capital punishment, because then we can just throw all the niggers in jail. Thirteen problem solved. 13th Amendment literally says slavery is illegal except for the use of capital 
punishment. Then, then what happens is, here's where it gets really fucked up. So when the slaves were freed, technically they had the right to vote. However, it was still a law in many states that it was illegal for slaves to know how to read. Mm -hmm. In order to be able to vote, you had to pass a reading exam and a writing exam. It was illegal mm -hmm. for black people what to know how to do both what those things. What is that movie? Mm -hmm. What is that movie? What is that movie? I forget what it's called. The lady goes up. I think it's a lady. She goes up to like the station where they had to like turn in their things. Oh. And he chucks it off and like writes something else. Was it based else. in like the 60s or yeah, something like that? Yeah, he something else and made yeah. it fail it so she wasn't yeah. freed at all. Exactly. So basically what happens is all of these newly freed slaves went to the booths to vote, took those reading and writing exams, and those that passed got arrested. That's how it started. Right? And then there's, towards the 1930s, this movie comes out. It's called Birth of a Nation. Um, don't ever watch it. It's horrible. Especially if you're black. Um, but it is basically a movie um, about the end of slavery. Right? It's based in the Reconstruction area, which is the period in, in the South that took place after slavery when they had to recover from the damage that was done from the Civil War. Yeah. So it takes place in the Reconstruction All era. All the cities burnt down. Oh my goodness. Right. And it basically Black explains. Mm -hmm, but it basically explains, the movie explains how the KKK got its start. Where it's fucked up is, is that the KKK are made to look like heroes in this That's film, it. like white crusaders. And there are no black people in this film. Instead, they make white people put on black paint, which Hell. is called blackface. So they blackface all these white people. And then these so-called black people in this film are eating like ravenous animals and they can't control themselves. And there is a rape of a woman, right, that basically causes the KKK to band together and get the negras. And as a black man, it, it made me cry the first time I watched it. Okay. It is a horrendous thing to watch. But what's even more fucked up is it was a critically acclaimed movie. Millions of people in 1931 or whenever that movie came out turned out to see it. It was such a popular movie that Woodrow Wilson, the president of the United States at that time, so it wasn't even in the 30s. It was back, it was the... It was like one of the first ever motion pictures. So mm -hmm. it was it was like probably like before the 20s. Yeah. But Woodrow Wilson was the president at the time. And when that movie came out, he had a private screening for it in the White House. In the same room where Obama uh, had his daughters, at that time, where like the room where, where Malalia slept was, Wood Woodrow Wilson had it as his private screening room. He would watch films there. That was where he showed the film, in the same room where Malia Obama slept. Blows my fucking mind. But what that film did, I'm sorry for talking so long, I just want to get through no, this No, you're good. Okay. What that film did was it encouraged the fear of black people in white Americans. White Americans saw this movie. And when, when, when boys walked out of that movie theater with their white dates, as soon as they saw a black man, they grabbed their hands real, real hard. She grabbed her purse too. Oh, right, exactly. It created fear. And it created this idea that 
the mass majority of black people are criminals. And that is an idea and a stigma that is still relevant today. Because they're still living. Exactly. (laughs) And it's like that stigma was passed down from generation to generation. And a lot of white people don't even know where it started. So white people, I challenge you. I challenge you to go watch that film. I challenge you to go watch Birth of a Nation. The full version is on YouTube. It's absolutely free. I challenge you to go watch Birth Go watch Birth of a Nation. And when you watch it, imagine that you're black and then tell me we don't have a problem. Continuing on. Sorry that took so long. I like listening. Had to get that off my chest. <laughs> Ooh, been sitting there for a minute. Right. No white person ever wants to hear that. I like listening. So like I that's like part of myself. Like we already know this. We've right. so many talks. Right. Part of why I started the podcast is so that I could say shit that like my friends and shit don't want to sit through them because I'm I'm somebody who when I get into talking I go on for right. a long period of time and my some of my friends can't sit through that shit that's which why I, I get along because I like being educated like, exactly I would rather know shit than not know shit like, exactly like, exactly mm-hmm. so sorry folks I was hitting something so moving on back to the topic of um actually you know what let's lighten it up a little bit. Let's talk about something else. Um, I want to say, and you, you chip in whenever whenever you feel like you know something about this. Gotcha. I think British motherfuckers are harder than we give them credit for. I mean, if you mean harder as in, like, they'll come up and bite your neck and it'll leave, like, a good, like... Right. Like, imprint, you know? Like, yeah. British people have fucked up teeth. Yeah. Like, I read this fucking news story. Yeah. No, really, they do, though. <laughs> I read this fucking news story... That said, like, there was this neighborhood in London that was averaging 250 stabbings a year. Jack the Ripper. Right. But them niggas, like, there's there's rarely ever shootings in England. No, yeah. There's always stabbings. Let me tell you something, man. It's easy to shoot a nigga that don't take much, especially if you're doing it from far away. You don't even got to look the nigga in his eyes. You can shoot right. him in, in, in his back. Stabbing somebody... Watching the life come out of them, like all that blood on you and shit, that takes balls. I, I mean, I, I may sound crazy, but like, I, my fingers been itching to stab. Damn. Okay. Whoa. 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 Hold on. Hold on. Don't, <laughs> don't incriminate yourself on my podcast. But like, I don't even own a knife right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't own a knife. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't have one in my possession. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have mm-hmm. one in my possession right now. She doesn't have one in her possession. Oh. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know, nigga. You the one that went off on on, on oh, tangent, nigga. Yeah, you tell anyway, me. Anyway, let me air sip some of that pepper because I think it's like gone. Damn. But anyway, back to what I was saying. Like, you, I saw a video the other day because I'm always on my phone. I'm always watching TikToks and stuff. This firefighter or like this paramedic literally got stabbed 14 times in two seconds. The Where? dude was like a professional like knife fighter. Where? Like, I don't even know. Like another happen? state. Okay, damn. Not not in England. I was getting ready to say, proof! Proof! Gets her. Okay, go ahead, though. Continue on. But, like, this was in America. Like, like prisons, like, knife fighting. Like, he shiv- like shanked him. That sounds like some Florida shit. It will. I think it was Florida shit. Bro, bro, bro. Florida? Dude. Okay, <laughs> I have heard somebody say... Okay, so I have this British friend. He lives in, uh, in the apartment building next door. Mm-hmm. And... When I asked him <clears throat> about England, like, what's it like? He said, basically, 
England is like Europe's Florida. And I was like, that perfectly makes makes sense. Yeah, like, Florida is fucking Instead of, like, throwing an alligator on the roof, you're going to be I drew my bishop on the roof. Right. I really feel like the reason why Florida is so nuts is because Miami is, like, the largest port for the importation of cocaine into the the United States. Like, 80% of, probably not 80 anymore, probably, like, 60% of the cocaine that comes through Miami or that comes through the United States goes in from Miami. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I feel like, have you ever seen those people who do too much coke? Like, they do it all the time, so, like, they're just walking around like, yeah! You know what I'm saying? Like, they fucking shake all the time, and, like, they randomly say, nah, I mean, you know what I mean? Nah. Like, like nah, the fucking I mean. white girl from Scary Movie, nah, I mean. Like, have you ever seen those people who just do too much coke? Um, either that or just, like, crack like on the like okay. like 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 meth on the street like even even like a crackhead like florida is like the state version of a crackhead like <laughs> if a crackhead could be a state it would be fucking florida yeah you know what i'm saying like, like i've seen so many articles where like men just fight animals right <laughs> right <laughs> like man arrested on a three-year charge for beating the fuck out of an alligator I read a story. I don't know if it was real or not, but I read this story on Facebook about this Florida man who fought like some sort of like mountain lion or a cougar, some big ass cat like that. And what's fucked up is he survived and the cat died. Oh my God. That's like my strength, bro. Before I say this, I want to say this now. Kids, I am not encouraging you to do cocaine. But what I'm getting ready to say might sound like that. Please do not take it that way. This nigga was high on cocaine when he fought the fucking big cat, whatever the fuck it was. He was high on cocaine. So he got fucked up, but that adrenaline kept his ass from feeling it. He was like Scarface at the end of the movie when he's getting shot up and he's just like, you fucking come at me, man. It's going to take a fucking army. You want to kill me, man? You fucking bring it on, you fucking coolos. He's fucking shooting grenade launchers all over the place. You know what I'm saying? This nigga's cussing up a storm. No, but dead ass. And the whole time he's getting shot, just... You know what I mean? Like, that movie was so nuts, dude. Um, Scarface was nuts. I'm not admitting anything, Mm -hmm. but... I be doing that shit sometimes, but like when I get, <laughs> wait, what it's do you do? Good. Hold on, it's not good. <coughs> I need you to on. I need you to specify what you do. Do you be found like mountain lions and shit? I'm, I, there was a lot I just said there, and you're not really specific. What do you be um, doing? Drugs. Um. <laughs> <laughs> He's running out. He's running out right now. <laughs> No, but like, don't do drugs, please. Oh um, that's just a personal choice of mine. But I literally fell down three flights of stairs and didn't feel shit. Whoa. That is the funniest shit anyone has said on this podcast. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Just to pause nigga. before I said it, too. It's like, yeah. drugs. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what to say. Ooh. I was like, um, yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, if you're watching this and you're in my family, click off right now. Right. Um, while, okay, so, before I go, I want to say this. No, seriously, listen to me. <clears throat> if you're off, if you're, if you are currently using drugs, 
<clears throat> if you're currently using drugs, I want you to know I've seen that struggle firsthand. Not with myself, but with family members. If you are using, you you honestly have to come to your own realization that you need help. My mom always called that hidden rock bottom. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't hit that yet, you might not just feel this. But I want everybody who's listening to know that you are gambling with your life and that I believe whoever you are, whatever you're doing in this world, you are better than what your situation is right now. Because I know all people who are suffering from addiction suffer from something just as worse. It can be sexual assault. You could have watched a friend get killed. It could be a number of things. It could be childhood abuse. Whatever it is, you are stronger than it and you can rise above it. And I believe that. So please, if you are using, get help now before before it's too late. I know I sound like one of those fucking commercials, but I, I'm serious. I have seen people OD. We have lost so many legends to to overdosing. I mean, if Mac Miller, somebody who can afford good cocaine, can still die from his shit. What makes the person who's buying shitty cocaine from that weird-looking nigga on the corner think that you can survive? Please, please, please get help. Please get help. If if for anything, do it for yourself. Because that's the person that matters most. And at the end of the day, that's the person you got to live with. So please, if you're hearing me, go to rehab, go to AA, go to NA, whatever it takes get clean and if y'all ever need me you go on the instagram you message me i'm there for your for support guys i'm there but with that being said we are going to end this episode of real talk it's been a pleasure talking with you maddie thank you for coming out uh thank you guys for listening and i will see you this sunday we have uh music guest mazo my nigga coming through um and also heads up we got Amir, another one of my good friends, coming through on the 4th. He's going to put it down, too. So stay tuned, y'all. Check in this Sunday. I'll have some more content for you. Love and peace out.